International. Welcome to another episode of Lie, Cheat, and Steal, the podcast about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. I am your host, Pat Royce. With me, as always, my co-host, Kath Barbadoro. Hi, Pat. Hello. How you doing today, Kath? I'm doing good. Uh, I just went down and got the mail, and I got a bunch of stuff in the mail. I'm very excited about oh, it, yeah. so good day. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I came back in the, uh, the studio from our break, and I, I just heard, like, the scratching, and I was like, yo, is there, like, static going on? And it's like, you know, I was like, what the hell is this? And I, I put the headphones on and realized it was you going through tissue paper. <laughs> Yeah, I was opening mail. Oh yeah, like, I got I got a bunch of stuff. I got a bunch of. Uh, I have to send. Uh, I'm doing a secret Santa, so I got a bunch of stuff to send to my secret Santa. Okay. So that's good. Uh, yeah, and some did some Black Friday shopping. You know how it is. Oh yeah, yeah. I've done none of that, but I know how it is. <laughs> I've, I've read about it. <laughs> you got to get those deals, man. Yeah, yeah. Did you see uh, uh, Ice Cube uh, or Ice T catching flack for some of how he didn't? He has never once gone to a Black Friday. Why was he catching flags well, for that? Well, it, it, it was people be like, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to apply a racial component, but I, I think that there's uh, white people love to appear more folksier than a than a, a, a black celebrity, like you know. Oh God! Yeah, yeah, like painting, like yeah. painting Obama as like you know, like a like man. I I get mad thinking about the time that uh, Sean Hannity did that segment about uh, Obama ordering a sandwich with Dijon mustard. Right, God, yeah, yeah, like, like, oh, too big for your britches, yeah, yeah. like, fancy well, I man. I hope you enjoyed but... your special sandwich, Mr. President. Dijon mustard's fucking good, <laughs> John Hitt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up. <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> Just, you big dummy. Yeah, yeah. And so anyway, so it's like that kind of thing. People were like, oh, gee. Got it. Like, oh, you don't need to yeah, shop for G-I-C, sale. Yeah, you know, and, you. And, 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 like, beautiful iced tea Twitter form. He essentially, I, I'm just going to paraphrase every response was just like, fuck you. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah iced tea rules. Yeah. He's so good at Twitter. Yeah, yeah. did you see, like, the, ba- the bagel fallout? Yeah, he said he'd never eaten a bagel, and people got mad at him. Yeah, it's like his they were like, "Oh my god, how do you? I've seen you eat a bagel on the show." He's like, "That's TV magic, bitch. They bring those to me." He's like, "I don't know anything about them." <laughs> yeah, what do you think? Yeah, oh, it's so good. Yeah, shout out to Ice T on Twitter, man. Uh, brilliant. Yeah, brilliant work. Brilliant worker. Uh, I, I like my favorite tweet of his is when he tweeted. Um, he was like, "Twitter's like my own personal chat room. Get in, talk a little shit, get out." <laughs> That's exactly what it should yeah. be. I see you get. Yeah, Twitter. yeah, Good yeah. Job. I have. Uh, I, 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 we talked about the show before. Just I think among like comics who know me, I have a notoriously shitty Facebook timeline. <laughs> like, yeah, you have a lot of jokers on. Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of guys. But there's a couple of them, and what's funny to me which i'll never like explain because i'm not you know there's guys there's friends that i have that are definitely like just complete assholes in their beliefs but i have a couple of my friends who like they work like uh my homeboy sean he's a union electrician and he actually like votes democrat i mean he's not necessarily like a leftist but he's just like grew up up poor like votes democrat for economic reasons that he'll that'll get into if you ask him but he it has never gotten old to him that you can go on facebook talk shit to a stranger make them get mad and watch them get mad and like you know he he lives out in belton texas just like him and his things out with his wife and goes to work and gets home like hey I, I, i found this app essentially where i can just say like 
hey, F you, you know, like, and then some slur, and, like, they get mad. It's pretty cool, man. Like, right, it's awesome. Yeah, and, like, that's, like, and I, there's, like, comics that, like, go back and forth with them all the time, and I'm like, ah, they just don't get it. <laughs> uh, yeah yeah he's found his personal like perpetual entertainment yeah device. exactly exactly and it's kind of funny like we don't it's it's weird to think about seeing the world not through the lens of like a public island you know we, we're doing shit like you know we at least like to imagine like you know our, our our social media has some sort of scrutiny or you know uh notice right it's yeah. yeah, exactly. Imagine how liberating that would be to go on Facebook and not give a shit about getting booked anywhere. <laughs> oh my God, just say whatever the fuck you want, just for shit yeah, to yeah, yeah. And, the best. And then when it's over, you just walk away from it and you're not getting like text messages from your friends like, yo, I saw those like, a thread on your thing. And yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man. Um, so, uh, you know, <laughs> speaking of seminal artists such as <laughs> I stay. Sure. Uh, no, uh, I we we with Kath, we are lucky today. We have a good guy episode. Oh, good! Yeah, I'm so yeah, glad. yeah. We every now and then, you know, we, we get uh, we get one that just they're just the good guys, you know. And uh, this guy is uh, or these guys really. Um, Kath, you ever heard of a little musical group called the Beatles? I sure have. This Pat. episode's about I think so, those anyway. four men. No, it's actually not. It's, uh, okay. No, uh, <laughs> the biggest scammers. Yeah, of yeah, all. The biggest, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They scammed us into thinking, "What if there was no religion? What if there was no possessions?" Well, guess what? <laughs> They're still here. So, fucking, your points moot, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyways but no uh th- this is actually a really cool story um you know uh you know we like music 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 is fun people like it you know you got your favorite it's all right yeah yeah you know i'm getting I can take i'm lead. getting into it I'd, I'd much rather read a wikipedia article about music than listen to music but uh, right but you know i'm getting yeah, yeah i'm learning to learning to accept it yeah. <laughs> like is it can i get like the like music do they have like a best of or like a greatest hits can i get <laughs> Yeah, is there, so, is there like a good starting place I can, yeah, yeah. The, I think that would be helpful. Where's the starting place for music? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, I was, I was you know, looking for stories. This didn't come up because of anything like relevant going on. I just, I'm always looking up, you know, sometimes I'll just Google fraud or fake or lie and then I'll hit news. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, <laughs> just figure yeah, out. Yeah, see what comes something. up. Uh, so I found this, this, this story and uh, I just, it, it was heartwarming and I wanted to share. I will be reading from a Washington Post article today uh, and and um, where are they? They're they're bad. They're good. <laughs> I forget. Washington yeah. Post. Eh, they've published me, so take that for both pros and yeah, cons. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. say. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, yeah. This Washington Post article. Uh, it's uh, it's titled uh, "Their Goal: Meet the Beatles on Tour in 1966." Their, solu- their right. solution: impersonate the opening act. <laughs> Hell yeah. I love it already. Yeah, all right. So we're taking it back. August 1966, you know, all the doors have beads. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> all the doors have beads. Everyone looks like they might kind of smell. That's why whenever I look at yeah. whenever I look at stuff from the 60s or 70s, I always feel like I'm like, I think everybody kind of stunk. Um, they, they look yeah. like they did. It's, a, it's musky. It's a musky time. It was a musky, yeah, musky generation, you know. Um, uh, yeah, in the, in the mid-60s, if you fluffed a bean bag, you would pass out because it's just the... Yeah. <laughs> the amount of just patchouli ass that was just in there. Uh, so it's August 1966. Uh, as the Beatles made their way to Washington uh, during what um, during what they would ultimately be, ultimately be their last tour, a group of six scheming 15-year-olds from the, the district's Chevy Chase neighborhood uh, developed a plan. One, see the concert. 
two for free. Three, by sneaking into what was then called DC Stadium. Four, disguised as the Beatles opening act, the band called The Circle. C-Y-R-K-L-E. Suck on that. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. The Circle. <laughs> you know, like, I can see that about, like in the metal band font, you know, where it's like, ah, where it looks like cracked Absolutely. glass. No question. Yeah. So, uh, incorporated into this plan were makeshift costumes, a rented limo, decoy groupies, and the unwitting participation of DC police who provided uh-huh. yeah, who provided the band with the fake band with a motorcade escort. I, I did, I, I read a lot of this and I was like, you know what? I'm going to not read this whole fucking thing because I think there's going to be a lot of fun things in here that I kind of want to react to with you. And that, that was not a lazy okay. choice that I made. <laughs> I, I assure you. Uh, so I, mean, I, I, read, I read a lot of it, but there's, I'm going to be surprised with you guys. So let's, let's dive on in. So, Okay, let's do uh, it. Now, aside from a paragraph-long mention of the Washington Star, in which the kids refused to provide their names, hell yeah, uh, the plot awesome. went uncatalogued for the public record. Now, on the concert's 50th anniversary, members of the fake circle provide an oral history of how they pulled off one of the greatest pranks in Washington folklore. Uh, the pranksters, John Kohler, fake lead singer, Bob Booth, fake band member, Timothy Haar, fake band member, Tom Hinton, fake band member, Ed Merrigan, fake manager, Mark <laughs> Mark Welsh, fake assistant manager. <laughs> nice. So they got, they were like, well, it wouldn't be believable if we had like a ton of our friends in this band. So we'll just make up other positions. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. For people. To uh, I was in a band, I was in a band before, you know, you don't want to, you, your friends want to pay the cover. Uh, carry a drum inside. You're a tech. Um, <laughs> so uh, uh, John Kohler, he said, we were all from the same neighborhood. Half of us were away at school during the year, but we'd been, ha- we'd been hanging out since we were six or seven. I think the germ of the pranks idea belonged to Eddie Merrigan or Mark Welsh. This is Mark Welsh. He said, I think Bob Booth came up with the idea. Bob Booth. I think it was Tom Hinton's idea. So these guys are just jokers. <laughs> They're just having a good old time. Uh, Tom Hinton said that uh, my sister Margie was the one who told me, Tommy, the Beatles are coming to town, I imagine. <laughs> uh, she went and got us tickets to go to the concert. But my friend Eddie Merrigan and I were always brainstorming. Finally, one of us, Eddie or I, said, no, man, we should meet the Beatles. Uh, he said, I had a cousin who worked in the sales department of the Shoreham Hotel. Hotel. He said, hey, guess what? The Beatles are going to be staying in my hotel. So I told Eddie, I imagine all this done in like a 70s reenactment where it's like grainy stuff flickering on the screen. <laughs> yeah, there's like a wailing guitarist yeah. in the background. <laughs> this scene started out on a close-up shot of a lava lamp and panned out. <laughs> or zoomed out. <laughs> so, uh, he said, uh, we ought to try to meet him there at the Shoreham. But Eddie had a great imagination. He, imagination. he said, no, that's where everyone will go. We should try to get in the stadium, meet him at the stadium. He was just one of those people who took a prank to the next level. Eddie said, here's the idea. Why don't we imp- impersonate the group, The Circle? They were traveling with the Beatles and also managed by Brian Epstein, the, band, the Beatles manager. His reaction was, neat, but we need more people. So that's how Bob and Timmy and John and Mark got involved. Four band members, a manager, and assistant manager. Now, uh, for clarity here the circle was a four-man group of recent college graduates riding on the success of their song red rubber ball which paul simon had co-written for them um, okay i'll see if i can't put that in there uh in there with uh in the, the thing red rubber, red rubber ball. ball or you know what look it up uh i'm sure <laughs> it bangs so uh the bob booth it's gonna get hard to differentiate between these guys the, the uh these are middle-aged dc suburbanites all of them so uh right there, this is probably like fucking Brett Kavanaugh's friend. Yeah, yeah. It was squee. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so yeah, so he said there was all there was all this publicity leading up to the concert about the tremendous security that was going to be provided. In part, it was because some of the comments that Lennon made about the band being bigger than Jesus had recently been publicized. Uh, oh, this is around yeah, then. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I love the, the, the Simpsons, the B sharps. Hey, how'd you guys mess up? Did you do what the Beatles did? Say you're bigger than Jesus. He goes, yeah, it's the name of our next album. <laughs> 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 uh, it was a big brouhaha the KKK was going to pick it or something like that and all the headlines are saying tightest security ever I think we wondered well how tight is it really <laughs> uh, so they said uh, that's uh, John he said personally I was more of a Stones fan but back then it was like if you're going to get a girlfriend you either had to be an athlete or a lifeguard or be in a band and so we were thinking <laughs> what a simpler and cooler time man. and so a lifeguard yeah. huh? that's an interesting one I wouldn't have thought of that but okay I can see yeah. it you can go hang out and make out on the beach at night or something yeah. like uh, go swimming after dark. I yeah, don't know. My whole boy was a lifeguard for a summer and he unionized them and got fired. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I mean, it sucks. Yeah, he, fired, didn't he, cool. he didn't know he was unionizing it. He just, they all, they all didn't show up one day and they, and when they, everybody got their call, he called back and like speaking for all of them was like, it's my whole boy, Mark. Hey man, we come back in today. Uh-huh. Nah, fuck that. We come back in. Uh, we're going to need this much an hour, this and that. And they just, they just <laughs> fired all of them. <laughs> Oh man, that sucks. Yeah, man. I was a lifeguard for a summer. Yeah, I, I've never. I was a lifeguard for two wow. summers actually. I, I didn't. Did you just like f- cross your fingers the whole time, like please don't let anything happen. <laughs> oh, it was very. I, I hated it. It was so stressful because yeah. I was just constantly terrified that somebody was gonna fucking drown on my watch. Thankfully, nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> I did save. I did save a baby what? once because there was a an extremely cute uh, Asian baby with a huge head <laughs> and. He was leaning over the side of the pool to like splash in the water with his hands, but his head was so big he just fell in because he was like oh, leaning yeah, yeah. over. His center of gravity was all fucked up, <laughs> so uh, I just I scooped him out and, and saved him. But other than that, there was no no incident. Yeah, okay, all right. Well, thank God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he said. Uh, so yeah, so he said he, you could be the life be. Uh, uh, be an athlete or a lifeguard, be in a band. So we were thinking of what to do for the summer. This seemed like the coolest idea. We decided we needed to arrive at the stadium with some credibility right off the bat so that the stadium security would buy our ruse so that they would open the door and let us drive right in. Bob Booth yeah. said. So the first thing we did was we got a limousine. <laughs> uh, nice. Three hours. We It cost $25.50. I still remember that. We shipped in five bucks and we ended up having to pay extra for the driver to keep his mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'd seen the cover of the Circles album. They wore turtlenecks and blazers, so we got those too. <laughs> I love just dress exactly like they are yeah, on the yeah, album. Yeah. That's not that's not suspicious yeah. at all. Um, I do feel like a limo driver would like if you're going to pay anybody to keep your their mouth shut. Like limo drivers are trained in yeah, that. That's like yeah. part of on my family. senior prom. Um, I, my my grandma got a limo for me and my 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 homeboy Chris Amaro. We took our dates. Uh, I ended up dating oh. my girl. The girl I took her that night. We ended up dating for like five years after that. Um, oh. We're in a limo, and my my friend Chris's dad, who we all call Uncle Chuck, is just uh, man. That's a character, and he has he has <laughs> rebuffed any attempt I've ever had to like get him on a show or on stage because he's just who he's something else anyways so he comes up, up to us with uh with before we get the limo and he gives us each a fifth of bacardi and he, he looks <laughs> at chris and he says uh 
<laughs> no, he looks at me. He goes, Pat, I don't know how the fuck you got what you got, but good job. Chris, you got a stack of dynamite. You're going to break your dick off. Bring me back some panties, boys. <laughs> that is a quote. Jesus That's Christ. That's a quote of Uncle Chuck. And so he gives us these, uh, he gives us these, bottle, these bottles of Bacardi. We get in the car. We don't drink on the way to the thing, but afterwards, no, no, no. We, we started drinking in the car, and the limo driver immediately slams the brakes on. It comes back there. He's like, hey, man, each of y'all's parents asked me to make sure that there was, well, not Chris's parents, but my, my, some, some parents <laughs> asked us to not booze up in the car. So he made us pour out the open bottle, and then he said, I'll keep this one for after. And we were like, fair enough. And he goes, Aww. next time, get vodka. You can't smell it. Oh, that's some nice yeah, advice. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to do he's trying to do his best by Yeah, everybody. yeah. It was way better advice than what Uncle Chuck gave us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so Let's see. Yeah. So the uh, now Tom Hinton said that they got the turtlenecks, and he said, uh, "I think I was wearing a cape or something." I think I started talking in a British accent, and then it, 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 it <laughs> notes that the Circle's members were not British; they came from Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Circle has arrived! It just oh man, some like like the skinny teenager just not oh, so so cool. So I said, uh, <laughs> "I made us officially start a little group called the Circle, spelled it the right way, so that if anybody asked, it would be technically correct to say that we were the Circle." Uh, the other mm. guys said, "Yeah, we didn't look anything like this." But then again, who knew what they looked like? All you knew is what you hear on the radio. There was no YouTube, no VH1, no color TV. <laughs> uh, one of the guys, Timothy Har, said, uh, unless you had the album cover and you had no idea, unless you had the album cover, you had no idea what they looked like. Maybe if you were a teenager, if you were a limo driver or a security manager of a hotel, you had no idea. And that was the key. Yeah, of course not. <laughs> uh Bob Booth said, eventually, we decided there was one best way to be fairly certain we would be believed when we got to the stadium. We should be escorted there by the police. Eddie made that phone nice. call. He was 16. Uh, I think his voice had already... You know, the guy said, Eddie made that call. He was 16, not 15. And I think his voice had already changed. I think he was shaving. He moved a little quicker. Uh <laughs> Timothy Har said uh, Eddie's father was a famous lawyer and Eddie had a certain kind of showbiz swagger for a 15 year old kid uh, they also want to say R.I.P. Ed Merrigan died in 1990 uh, he will never be never, forgotten yeah, for yeah. his silly <laughs> yeah. prank R.I.P. Ed Merrigan uh, John said you know, he called up the police and said his name was Mel Austin and that he was helping manage the circle I was at his shoulder when he made the call uh, when he made that call, his confidence was astonishing. He said, we're opening for the Beatles at D.C. Stadium two days from now. We're going to be staying at the Storham Hotel, and we'd appreciate a motorcycle motorcycle escort to get us safely there. <laughs> uh, he said, I don't know if this is a normal call for the D.C. Police Department, but they bought it, and they put it on their call sheet. Uh, That's yeah, amazing. Bob said that was the crucial piece. We decided that if it hadn't worked, uh, we would have we scratched the whole thing. Uh, they got some awesome pictures of them there. Uh, at the stadium now on the day of the concert August 15th the six boys none of whom had a driver's license uh, took the bus down Connecticut Avenue to the Shoreham where a crowd had gathered and, uh, hoping to catch a glimpse of the Beatles the boys had arranged their, for their uh, arranged for their rented limo and the police escort to pick them up at 4pm the concert didn't start until 8 and they wanted to make sure they got to the stadium before the real circle arrived for their sound check uh, Tom <laughs> <laughs> Tom hinted and let his younger sister in on the plan her job was to start screaming with a friend when they pulled up. <laughs> yeah, at the appointed time, she was supposed to say, it's a circle, it's a circle. They really, they really thought this through. I respect yeah, this yeah, so yeah. much. This is, yeah, this is like good stuff. This, uh, Smart yeah, kids. Yeah, really. Yeah, like, like, what's, like, what's a, like, what are pranks these days? It's just like, you know, it's like, these guys like, use their wits to get into a, a Beatles concert and some guy's like, yeah, I fucking doxed this guy on his Twitch stream. He got shot, but it was cool, you know? <laughs> 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 yeah, I, yeah, I swatted a, I swatted a, uh, 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 
put a premium Instagram account. Never mind. That's premium Snapchat. <laughs> yeah, people are doing that now. They're calling the IRS on premium Snapchat. Oh, yeah, man, that's oh, Jesus Christ. The, the, it's the no good. The virgins are relentless. <laughs> they don't give a shit, man. It's just like, dude, just uh, get over it, man. <laughs> like she's like, like, get over her, dude. Let's just, just do something else. Anyways, uh, so Timothy said, I think we were all clumped in a back hall. It was a long lobby, and on signal, we all started running. We were leaping over furniture. They said that was the dynamic. Once we we uh, where once there were two screaming girls, all the other girls in the lobby went, oh, we'll scream too. <laughs> so yeah, yeah of so course, they running through this lobby, leaping over furniture, and these girls are screaming. <laughs> That's, uh, outside, there were four motorcycle cops waiting with our limo. The cops started their motorcycles. Doors closed behind us in the limousine, and there were all these girls pressing on the window. One of the windows got open, and two girls made their way in. <laughs> you damn right they did. He said, uh, we had to stop in the corner and make them get out. The driver said, you should have kept them. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hinton said, I think one of them was Margie. She hugged me. Now, is Margie one of his guys' sister? Because that doesn't sound like some Wonder Years type shit. Hold on. So Yeah, it totally yeah. does. So yeah, that was uh Tom Hinton. That was Tom Hinton's sister. And uh Tom or oh, okay, so it was Tom Hinton. Yeah, one of them said, Good luck, Tom, yeah, I hope it works. I was that'd be like some Wonder Years season seven shit, like his friend's sister. Anyways. Uh Timothy Har, he said, and then uh, and then the the die is really cast at that point. Uh, he said, like, holy shit, here we go. This is the point of no return. Uh, one of the guys had some signs made for the dashboard of the limo. It said, Beatles tour LTD. <laughs> 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 we got in the limo, and the route we drove took us past the White House, and a bunch of tourists looked up, like, is that Johnson? <laughs> like, they thought I was a president? Because oh, the limo yeah. goes by the White Dude, if I lived in D.C., yeah, I'd take a limo. with a motorcade, yeah. with a police If escort. I lived in, in D.C. and I had to scratch, I'd take a limo by the White House. White House all the time. <laughs> or actually, I'm, not, no, I'm sorry, not now I wouldn't because I might fucking get shot doing that today. But uh, so, so he said, uh, yeah, it's at the Beatles tour LTD. We got the limo with the route took us past the White House. People thought we were President Johnson. Uh, Timothy chimed in. He said, so we're roaring down on the access road toward the stadium. Uh, we came around the corner and there was a long bank over the top of the hill, just like a John Wayne Western, come about a thousand screaming girls. They'd seen a black limo and were sure it was the Beatles, which caused some panic from the driver. <laughs> That's like when shit gets too real. The driver's like, yo, man, hold on. This is getting crazy. Uh, so they said, yo, we need to get in there. We're going to be mauled. So, uh, yeah, so we need to get in there. We're going to be mauled. Uh, John said, in front of us, there was this very large truck entrance with a door that rolled up as we approached it. The police led us the whole way right in. Uh, Timothy Har said, and this is pretty much our plan. Where our plan ran out, we assumed we would just get to the stadium and just scatter. Uh, they said, instead, they were met by a stadium. Of Are you still there, Kath? Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll put it sorry. No, no, my bad. I, I looked at the, the 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 screen for a second. It looked like it had flatlined, but we're good. So, I will. Okay. I gotta remember this edit point. Five oh five. Cool. Sorry. It's okay. I I had to uh, send a, a text to somebody. So if you heard typing, sorry okay, about yeah, no, that. No, no, was, but I'm here. One nineteen. All right. So screenshot. Anyway. So he said. Uh, yeah, so this, these, that's where their, their plan run out. They assumed they would just get to the stadium and scatter. Uh, instead, we were met by a stadium official, but it was nobody high level. We just said, hey, we're the circle. We're here to open the show. He said, walk right across the field and right along to the first baseline of the visiting team lockers room, lo- visiting team's locker room. Go down to the end of the hallway, and that's your dressing room. So Bob said... Uh, the carpenters on the field were still putting the finishing touches on the stage and by strange chance one of the carpenters recognized Mark he knew him from church and he called out hey Mark man what are you doing 
and Mark said, he said he went up to him and was like, hey, don't pay any attention. Don't look. Just keep walking. Oh, that's what he said. Don't pay attention to that guy. And he just walked by and didn't answer this dude. So that's funny. Nice. Like, Mark, Mark, what the hell, man? Uh, <laughs> ever since he started that circle band, man, he just thinks he's the shit. Uh, Too big for his yeah, britches. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's never getting out of DC, man. Uh, so Timothy Har, this is what Timothy said. Uh, two of the workers were debating whether or not to put a roof on the stage. And they asked us as expert musicians whether we really needed a roof. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, my God. We pretended to talk for a minute and decided we didn't need a roof. So there was no roof. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So then John said, uh, and we walk off the field and down the corridor and turn a corner. And all of a sudden, there we are in the dressing room. Bob said the home team locker room was reserved strictly for the Beatles. Everyone else was there was to share the visitor's locker room, except the Ronettes. Uh, we think they were in the cheerleader's locker room. There was a big, nice cooler of beer and soft drinks, and we were the first one there. <laughs> he Hell said, yeah. there we were, inside the castle keep. And uh, now it's at Bob Booth's father uh, was president of the National Press Club at the time, and he had managed to secure his son two press passes to the Beatles news conference held before the concert. So while Bob and one of the others went to stand at the back of the news conference and watch, Tom Hinton and Ed Merrigan decided to see whether they could sneak into the Beatles dressing room. Uh, their strategy nice. was going to be to admit that they were not the real circle, but said they were paid decoys who had permission to be in the dressing rooms. Man, these are sharp kids, man. <laughs> they really, they have thought through so many details of this. I'm very proud yeah, of them. Yeah. Yeah, I would have just like got in and be like, uh, uh, and like, I, absolutely yeah, like, no, they're playing. I would have cool. made it in, like, chuckled nervously, and, like IG lived it, <laughs> like if I was in high school. Yeah, right? exactly. Oh, dude, <laughs> until I got stadium. kicked out. Uh, and so. Uh, uh, the, the Tom Hinton said the Beatles weren't there but their instrument guy was and a couple other people who I later saw pictures of in Beatles books <laughs> he said we went in with a great sense of confidence oh we're the group that was hired to impersonate the circle and they went oh okay like they didn't know about it but it made sense to them and then within about 30 seconds the door opened and in walked the Beatles uh, he said Ringo sort of noticed us and said hi <laughs> Ringo Ringo always seemed like the nice yeah, one to me Ringo like I think I know those kids Wait, I don't know any kids. <laughs> um, I think famous people do that after a while. Uh, so when they meet enough people, they just they just get real yeah. quick and saying like, "Hey, what's up?" Because I uh, I was walking at Moon Tower. Uh, I was walking into the thing, and Andy Kindler was walking out, and I just you know my face made a recognizing thing like, "Oh shit, it's Andy Kindler!" Right, and I was like. And I, before I could say anything, he goes, "Hey, man, how you been?" And like shoved shoved his hand in my hand and shook my hand. <laughs> He is the best at that. You know what he does that I think is genius is, and he, he told me cause we had him on a, when I was working on the TV yeah. show in Austin, we had him on and he was saying that he does this. And it's like, I think this is so smart. He said what he does is um, if he meets a, a comic or something, it's like, yeah, he's not, he doesn't remember anybody's name. Cause you, you meet so many yeah. people, but he says, if somebody like comes up to him and starts talking to him or something, he goes, now, where did I see you perform? Uh, Which is like the yeah, nicest yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, that's so nice. First of all, it gives them the opportunity to, like, give some context yeah. for, like, who they are and how they know yeah. you. But also, it's, like, so flattering, you know? Like, oh, yeah. like, oh Andy Kindler remembers watching me perform. No, he yeah. doesn't. But, like... <laughs> that's really cool, yeah. I just thought so smart, yeah. Yeah, because I, like, man, like, my Rolodex is getting... Uh, pretty full upstairs like of like it's just so many new people and you meet like every time you do a show like you meet new you meet a group of new people like you know like, i'm like when i was in little rock for a week i probably like 
I met like 11 people who I like interacted with heavily in four days, you know? And like, those are people that I like, I just don't have room in my head for. Not necessarily them, but I'm saying like, just as an example, and like here in town, I'll go to open mics and I do open mics are crazy now here in town. Like, I, I don't know anybody. Yeah. 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 It's, it's crazy. Like when I come back to Austin, I don't, I don't, there's like, three people I recognize on any given any given night yeah. like I went getting old yeah, man yeah, getting I went old down south to this, uh, this open mic and I walked in there was like three dudes who I've never seen before they're like hey I think I recognize you from Facebook and I was like oh yeah and they were talking about like Austin comedy news that involved no one I knew they were like oh then so and so says yeah. that and then he did yo then he slapped his hat off his head I was like who the fuck are y'all talking about we don't even know all the good drama no. anymore that's how it oh man yeah uh yeah, uh, uh, shout out. We have, uh, Austin Comedy has the weirdest drama in the sense that once or twice a year, the entire scene argues with Bill Kirkenbauer. <laughs> that's <laughs> <laughs> more on that later. More on that. That's a different time. So, uh, so yeah. So Ringo sort of noticed him, and he said hi. They said they introduced. Uh, he said we introduced ourselves for real at that point, and said how we gotten in. Ringo thought it was funny that we would do that. He called John over and said, "Listen to this story." And John had some cheeky response like, "So you want to meet us now?" You met us but paul was saying hey george have a listen to this and he played a few bars of what i now realize was the beginning of lovely rita uh that's cool so you're there for that although that seems a little put yeah. on where it's like you, like you that's like some like some uh scooby doobies the harlem globetrotters type shit just like yeah, yeah. Whatever, like, <laughs> like hey it's the beatles hey i got this idea for a song <laughs> he plays it like right <laughs> so uh by the time they got back to the visitor's dressing room the real members of the circle had arrived and learned what had happened Uh-oh. yeah so uh i think they might have said hey who are you i do remember saying to circle lead singer dan daneman which or Don Daneman. Right. Don Daneman. That's it. Uh, yeah, he said, I remember saying, the guy said, Who are you? And I said, Hey, I'm you. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Bob said, You know, we fessed up pretty quickly. Uh, Tom Hinton thought it was funny because uh, we'd come up with such an elaborate plan to meet them because, of course, by this point, we were telling them the ruse was about meeting them, not meeting the Beatles. Oh, yeah. Oh, they are so yeah, smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They know how to get everybody on their yeah. side. I really respect that. Yeah, they, uh, oh, they bring in, uh, they actually, he talked to Dan Don, Don Daneman here. He said, "My best recollection recollection is that we came in a bus that had everyone in it except for the Beatles. We got to the stadium. People told us, "Wait, we thought you were here already." It came out these guys had just arrived in a limo that said, "We're the Circle," and they let them in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the circle drummer said we thought it was pretty funny and rather clever I think they were wearing jackets with little red balls on the inside of or something because they had the, the red ball song that's tight so uh, yeah. he said uh, we were all just gra- uh Oh, the, the guy Earl said, you know, we had all just graduated. I was a medical student, so we had perspective on things. The whole thing was unbelievable for us already. It was so surreal. Uh, Tom said, a little while later, security escorted us out of the dressing room, but instead of leaving, we just went to the dugout and tried to watch the show from there. People started screaming at us. <laughs> I looked up and saw Margie and her friends all sitting together, so the girl looked at the paid, you know, the paid groupie, not groupies, but like the paid, like, fans. The, right. The, yeah, the the, uh, the plants, yeah, yeah, the, the audience plants. plants. They said, uh, they, they started screaming against everybody started handing them their programs to sign. <laughs> uh, Bob said we watched the whole show from the dugout. We were the closest seats other than the ring of policemen all around the stage. Security was tight. Oh my God. That is so yeah. funny. Uh, John said, I remember the Beatles coming on stage and hearing, uh, that was, man, like my girlfriend is, is a huge Beatles fan. Like, uh, like, like, um, 
yeah, like, like uh, uh, not I'm obsessed, but that's her shit. And the fact that I have no clue yeah. what this lyric is, I can't even say it correctly. But he goes, uh, I remember the Beatles coming on stage and hearing "Close Your Eyes" and all. Ah! Because the rest of the song is uh, <laughs> Timothy said it was deafening. Um, Don Danneman, uh, back to the circle guy, he said, "You know those concerts? If it was just if some, it was as if someone had just pushed a button with an electric pulse on it that they would push because you would just see people randomly bolt out of their seats." And I just remember thinking what a phenomenon that was. John Kohler said that the motorcycle police had been very nice and had offered to escort us back to our hotel after the show, but we didn't have a limo anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> he said we ended up hitchhiking home. <laughs> Yeah. Aww. I hitched your. This is why is this I a yeah, movie? Right. Yeah, fucking Detroit Rock City. This is where it's at. Uh, I know. He said, I hitched a ride home with a bunch of kids who were going back to Chevy Chase. I got off in front of the Avalon Theater and walked home. My folks just thought I went to the Beatles concert. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my gosh. Did. Uh, yeah. John Fuller said, years later, I was in an elevator in Albuquerque, and a folk musician from D.C. by the name of Pete got in, and I said, Pete, how you doing? And we got to talking about how I'd grown up in D.C., and he said, I saw the Beatles when I was living in D.C. I heard a story about some guys who snuck in, and I said, uh, hey, Pete, what else would you like to know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that's the story of just uh, four four cool guys. Uh, who that's beautiful yeah um yeah they uh they let's see uh they currently this is the uh, this is the update so this is the end of porkies imagine <laughs> like uh, yeah yeah uh, bob booth <laughs> the yeah, yeah bob booth is a retired editor at national geographic and lives in virginia timothy Har lives in washington and is an attorney and adjunct professor at georgetown university law center Tom Hinton is a business author and speaker in California. John Kohler owns a sound engineering business in Massachusetts. Mark Welsh is a commercial farmer in Colorado. And before his death, Ed Merrigan was a master chef who sang like Pavarotti, appeared in Folgers Coffee commercials, and once retrieved the Rolling, the Rolling Stones lost dulcimer. But that's a different caper. <laughs> I have no clue what a dulcimer is. Wow. A dulcimer is like a, um, it's like a percussion instrument, but it's, it's tuned, it, like can play oh, notes. Okay. It's like you hit it. Um, but I feel like now I'm like mad at these guys. Cause it sounds like they all had great lives after this. Like nothing went yeah. wrong. Everybody just thought it was funny. And then they went on to like, everything yeah, was yeah. fine. This, this is, yeah, man, this is, uh, <laughs> like, this was the time where he's like, yeah, you could, you could accidentally just land a job and a career just do like you know, like that's exactly yeah, yeah. exactly yeah no you'd be the, these guys would have been shot by police yeah, if yeah, they did yeah, this yeah. Now. yeah for sure man, that's, <laughs> it's it is weird because I, I i always am wary of like espousing any kind of thought that's like you know like oh kids these days or things are somewhat different because i always kind of feel it's like a slippery slope and not always accurate you know because but like yeah yeah, there yeah. Are certain things like this wouldn't happen like there's something like nothing this nothing would be this innocent you would have uh the vocal you'd have people right. on twitter they're like you know I, i'm sorry i respect law and order you know <laughs> like it just right yeah. it's not it's not our generation's fault it's the this generation for fucking up the world so bad that now yeah, we can't do yeah like exactly this. exactly <laughs> yeah because they were they were too busy sneaking into fucking beat concerts you know it's like it just yeah just the high life to notice anything was wrong uh so uh don daneman the former circle lead singer uh went on to work in advertising and write commercial jingles uh man i would love to find out what he wrote 
Don Daneman. Dan Donneman. He has like the weirdest yeah. name. I feel like you could probably find him pretty I, easily. I feel like you could see a performer before they go on stage walking around in the back and going, Don Daneman. Dan Donneman. Don, <laughs> Don Daneman had oddly shaped feet. Um, so, yeah, he went to work in advertising. Uh, Earl Pickens, the, uh, the drummer, after the circle's brief and illustrious uh, flirtation with fame, went on with medical school, became a general surgeon. And yeah. Aww. Yeah, and that's uh that is the story of uh six cool of a bunch of successful yeah, a bunch people. Of successful people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who had, the, who had the, the the good sense to be born at a time with uh, I don't know what like fair fair, cor- right, fair some, corporate tax some, laws and like a a decent like a decent economy and some good old fashioned just privileged yeah, yeah, white yeah. men doing what they yeah. do best and I'm and proud of them. No, that's an awesome yeah, that's story. Thing, like I was talking about this with my girlfriend the other day like uh like like when you talk about privilege I mean like obviously like privilege can have a negative connotation to it but if you look at it from the side of receiving privilege that's great and it's like yeah. it's not the thing of like wanting to like strip privilege from other people but to give like to make sure everybody has it and like look at the like I feel right. like this is the life that like you know when your family's been okay for two or three generations and you guys have been you know at least middle class and then you're growing up at a time like you know where you just have you know you have privilege. You have access to, uh, you know, to, to the right universities and to just like a support network and right. a system stability. Yeah, stability. And, and you get to have this yeah. cool story where you go out and you all grow up to like excel in your fields. And that's the kind of life. Right. And uh, yeah, so nobody wants to take that from anybody, but more like, likely wants to give that to everyone. I think would. Yeah. yeah. Good stump speech. Thank you. Thank you yeah. <laughs> what but yeah, I do think it's like something like this. It clearly this shows a display of uh, some pretty good life skills for these kids. Yeah. So like, no wonder they grow up to be successful. Like being able to uh, bullshit in this way is like a very yeah, good yeah, skill yeah, and yeah. probably serve them well later in life. Yeah, for, like for sure. I was talking about we we're, uh, we're, the whole thing that came up. I have uh, a part of my group of friends. There's uh, like my fr- I have a pretty large group of tightly t- large tightly knit group of friends and there's subsets within them and uh, uh, of the, the, the overarching group which we call VIP. There's my friends Derek and Mike <laughs> and Derek and Mike uh like Derek grew up in like a single family uh, black dude. His mom was a prison guard. They lived in a one bedroom apartment. Uh, and then Mike's family was like balling out of control. His dad had a government job. They lived in like a big ass house on a piece of property. And mm-hmm. Derek and Mike both loved metal music. So they became fast friends. And like Mike, like Mike did like ri- like rich kid shit. Like Derek got to go to space camp with him. Got to go to computer camp. And like he's got through all this shit. Like, like Derek will talk. You know, he's always like, man, he's like, I wouldn't have, like I would have never gone to a fucking computer camp. Dog. Like he's like my mom would not have shelled out however much money that costs. And just like you know, talk about the just what you know having a, a life a life growing up as a kid where you don't have to worry about shit. And you know, like you're able to do these things that you know enrich you as a person. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's beneficial. So yeah, that's why we ha- that's <laughs> sure. why we brought all that up. So yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, those are the kids that uh, that stuck in there. Worth it. Of course, more so than anything we've ever talked about. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I, these kids were met with no adversity, none, no problems. That another, that's another thing. Yeah, they were, it was just like, none, like, yeah, yeah, they belong here. They, they like that. Yeah, everything yeah. worked out. What a satisfying yeah. story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, like, yeah, just no, yeah, no, uh, like, yeah, the, like the, no, there's no drama. I guess we say, why wasn't this a movie? Is because 
why was it? Yeah, like nothing happens. It's just like a cool ass. Right. There's no adversity. Yeah. If you can see one movie this fall, make sure you see six kick ass kids do some fucking fun shit. You know? <laughs> the- I'd like it. I think I'm going to write yeah, it. Yeah. Six it, out. Ki- it could be a Hallmark six movie. Six kids doing fucking fun shit. Fun's got to have like three. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but yeah, that's that, that story. Worth it. Totally. In all, re- in all respects, please. If you get, although I can't recommend doing it because this might get you shot today. Right. Yeah. You'd have to, you'd have to change some things up, but I, I think, look, we're Americans are an innovative people. I, I bet somebody can figure out a way to do this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, teens get yeah, on yeah, it. Zennials. Yeah. yeah. yeah quit, uh, <laughs> uh, you guys are all focused on gun control. Who's breaching concerts. That's what I want to know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see David Hogg backstage at a fucking strokes concert, which shows how out of touch I am with the fucking strokes. Right. Yeah. That the strokes were a band literally 20 yeah, years wow, ago. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, I think they still are, but that's when they would have been a cool concert to yeah. break into. Well, I'm I, sorry. I was going to say, I literally, I was going to reference a DJ and I was like, wait, didn't all the DJs die in plane crashes or drug overdoses? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say like, like Avicii so. or whatever, but isn't he like, did he die? He's dead. Did he I died? Think, yeah, DJ he's dead. died. <laughs> what's, uh, what's, what's, um, uh, five seconds of summer. That's a band. Oh man. I, I know that's a band. Okay. Yeah. F- I don't know what they sound like, yeah. but oh, I was going to bring this up. I uh, I had saw because we're talking about the Beatles. Uh, I had saw it, this tweet. It just kind of made me mad. It was like I I, I had no. Um, who's the girl that just came out with this? Lana Del Rey. She just came out with an album. What was about? That? I, I don't, I don't know. Right? I think it was like, uh, she just came out with an album and some tweet went like kind of popped off where it was like, some girl was like, guys, Lana Del, Lana Del Knight or Lana Del, whatever the hell her name was, uh, Lana, is Lana Del Rey? Anyways, they were like, yeah. uh, she is better than, or no, it was Carly Rae Jetspin, Jetspin, Jepsen. They were okay. like, she's better than the Beatles. I know all the guys are going to get mad when I say that, but just accept it. Get over it. She's better than the Beatles. And I just remember thinking like. I mean, I listen to Carly Rae Jepsen more than I listen, I listen to the Beatles. To, I, I listen say to the that. Beatles more than her simply because my girlfriend plays the Beatles. You know, it's like, I, I, I like them, but it's just, <laughs> it was just funny to me. Like, I, that's like the ultimate, like just the, the flex of just like, that's like a sip flex to me. It's like, hey, this thing that I like, it's better than the thing everyone likes. Hit sin. Yeah, just like sit back and <laughs> wait for what happens. It's like what your friend does on yeah, exactly, yeah, much. exactly, exactly. But I just want to <laughs> press the buttons. But uh, yeah, guys. Well, anyways, that was the the show for this week. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you plan on infiltrating a concert, please do it. Please take pictures and then tweet them to us. Please be safe. Don't get mad at us when you get arrested. It's That's not what our Kath fault. is saying. I'm saying take some risk. No, I, I, I'm backing Kath. <laughs> be totally safe if you're breaking into anything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Burgle safely, guys. Uh, yeah, no, I. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, follow us on on Twitter. We're at LCS Podcast. Uh, you can check me out at PZTX. Uh, I am all over the internet as well as the podcast is too. Just be more aware of my general presence out there and go and see my shows. Uh, Kath, anything you want to put out there? Yeah, um, I'm Kath Barbadoro on Twitter. I have two other podcasts, um, WrestleSplania, which is about pro wrestling, and What a Time to Be Alive, which is a weekly podcast of like weird news stories. It's a lot of uh, animals getting loose places. Uh, you know, like, imagine America's Funniest Home Videos, except you don't get to watch them. It's just some assholes explaining <laughs> it to you. That's what the podcast is. So, uh, yeah, and check it out. Everyone has a good reference. America's Funniest Home Videos was, uh, they used to, YouTube was on TV. That's what that was, yeah. 
Yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, yeah, guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, You guys rock. Please like, rate, share, listen, subscribe, tell your friends, check out all the other podcasts on Body Tape International. And uh, above all, though, don't get caught. Don't get caught. See you next time.